We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome. Good morning. It's Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Good to be back with you after a couple days off. Brenda Alacy, good morning. Good morning, Joe. You ready for uh, some good political football? I am around today, not to mention a Bills game at one o'clock. Well, for the first time in three weeks, we are again the political pregame show for a one o'clock game. That's right. I am in my Bills gear and ready to go, but. As you and I were just uh, talking off the air a moment ago, I'm worried about this game. It would be such a billsy thing to do to have the Jets get their first victory against Buffalo. And it's like, oh, no, if they lose today, I think the season is almost over. Well, after watching that Virginia Tech game yesterday, Brenda, uh, you know my confidence level is has dropped. And I felt really good about the Tech game yesterday. Not feeling as good about the Bills today. So I'm, I'm hoping if the offense just clicks, they'll win. I mean, their offense has just been so lackluster and the lack of urgency in important drives. Think about the times they're down two possessions and they're just not rushing to the line. They're taking their time. It's, I want to see a, a rush of urgency during this game today. Well, I'd like to see a rush from the defensive line because it seems like they are... Uh, regressing and they were doing so well last year and could it make that much of a difference the players we lost Jordan Phillips Sarah Latulale are gone Uh, apparently it does and I know we've had a lot of injuries too on the defensive side of the ball but uh, these guys have got to step up against a hapless winless Jets team with a, a coach that is on the hot seat if you don't win today uh, then I, I have to question the coaching of Sean McDermott. These guys have got to be ready. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Now, Brenda, uh, enough of this negative talk. How about something that always makes everyone very positive? Let's talk some politics. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> well, it is almost a political football these days, right? It's just there's so much going on and there's so many different topics uh, to get into on the political stage, both obviously with the presidential election which is just, what, nine days away, Joe. We're down to uh, single digits, nine days away. Nine days away, a third of Americans have already voted. Yes, and we'll talk about that in just a moment with Jeremy Zellner, who is the Erie County Democratic Chairman, and uh, the commissioner um, will get his full title, and we'll talk about the two roles he uh, he holds. He's Erie County Democratic Commissioner and Democratic Chairman, uh, Jeremy Zellner. And then later we'll talk with Dan Postles, Longtime anchor at uh, WIVB-TV, Channel 4. Get his perspective on debates over the years, uh, everything from the uh, Nixon-Kennedy debate to um, the debate that happened just a few days ago with Trump and Biden. 
And in the 11 o'clock hour, Joe, it's Ted Lina from St. Joe's, the debate coach, and then our friend Dave Leventhal from Business Insider. So a packed show, but your calls are welcome, as well as your texts on the Orchard, uh, Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, 716-803-0930. And let's get it started with the, Demo- the Erie County Democratic Chair and co-chair of the elections board, Jeremy Zellner. Jeremy, good morning. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Good morning, Brenda. Hey, Jeff. Jer, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We really appreciate your time. And, you know, I was thinking about you yesterday as I watched the news and saw on social media the long lines snaking around several blocks at many polling places. How would you characterize uh, the vote? Did it appear as busy uh, as it it seems on TV and from uh, social media accounts? I guess one word, overwhelming. Um, put it in context, last year for the first year of, of early voting, we had about 26,000 voters for all of early voting, nine straight days. Yesterday, we had close to 15,000 people come to the polls. So um, I don't really think we're going to have those kind of lines going forward. But for the first day, um, I spent the whole day at a polling location because we had a shortage. Uh, the one person called in and uh, you know, in the city of Tonawanda here, we had our lines uh, wrapped around and cars kind of jammed track, uh, jammed with traffic. So I was able to speak to hundreds and hundreds of voters. The atmosphere was very positive on both sides. Everybody wore a mask. Everybody was very respectful. They had energy on both sides. Um, the turnout yesterday was just simply overwhelming and, and terrific. Did that even exceed your expectations, Jeremy? It seemed uh, unbelievable that so many people came out on that very first day to vote. It did. And, you know, we had some areas that were very busy. As you know, we have 37 sites across the county, and voters can use any of them, Erie County residents. Um, Amherst was swamped. We even brought out more equipment to move the line along. But Commissioner Moore was out there, and he, he said that the line was positive and nobody was really too upset um, that they had to wait. I think folks who wanted to get their voice heard on day one certainly made that happen yesterday. What's your feeling, Jeremy, about what the president has said about uh, mail-in ballots and early voting, although he did vote in Florida yesterday. Uh, Do you have any concern about fraud or anything uh, untoward happening? You know, we don't. I think with many of the things that he is, he's lying. You know, we don't have fraud in in New York State and in America. There is no widespread fraud. We have checks and balances to make sure that folks aren't voting multiple times. And, in fact, that's why we have to wait 13 days after the election to get all of our ballots in, particularly our uh, overseas military folks who are out there fighting for us. We want to make sure we get everything in and everything here locally that's properly postmarked so that we can check to make sure they didn't vote at the polls and then we'll begin counting the absentees. So I think election night results, you may see some differences this year. Candidates and the media should be very careful on how they um, project winners, but we'll have all the data and folks can do what they uh, will with it. Jeremy, could you explain just a little more the checks and balances to, you know, to siphon out that fraud or that chance of fraud for the mail-in ballots? Because there probably will be more, maybe not in this state, but more mail-in ballots than most years. Well, one thing is, Joe, we have, we have the ability for absentee voters to drop off their ballots at the early voting sites during early voting. 
Um, yesterday, I was able to help out uh, dozens and dozens of people who brought their ballots. Um, they've got to be completed, signed, and sealed, and just find the uh, greeter or the inspector and find out where our box is up front, and you can drop it off and leave. You don't have to wait in line. So we're trying to make it safe. And once those absentees, once we get all of them in, we get them scanned in, our poll pads at each site are connected. We get the results uh, instantly. Um, so someone can't go from poll to poll to vote. Um, we have all that information uh, at hand. Have you had any uh, problem getting uh, uh, inspectors to work uh, during the pandemic? I know many of those folks are elderly and they, um, you know, are, are at high risk. Has that been an issue at all for you, Jeremy? You know, Brenda, to the contrary, we've had an overwhelming number of people who are first time sign up. What our issue was, was to get them trained properly and safely during this time. We wanted to make sure uh, that we, if we had someone who's first time, uh, it was their first time that they were able to be trained in person, not just an online refresher training. So that was difficult for us, but we've got everything filled. We're still slotting in some folks and you have people call, you know, call in sick or not want to not make it that morning, which is what happened in the city of Tonawanda yesterday. So we're, we're always looking for people, and we appreciate everybody's application. It was really overwhelming. Yeah, I want to go back to the issue of fraud. And uh, Nick Langworthy, who is the state Republican chairman, and by the way, I did invite him on the show today, but he had a prior commitment. He's on a bus tour, so he wasn't able to make it. But he talked in a video message, Jeremy, about horror stories stemming from ballots sent to the wrong people, to the wrong addresses, to deceased people, cases of outright ballot harvesting and fraud. What is your reaction to that? That's pretty inflammatory. Yeah, I would be, I wouldn't have come on the show if I was nickeling worthy either. The, the, I think my comments in the Buffalo News spoke for themselves. I think what Nick is doing is shameful. As a state party leader, he knows better. Um, what he's doing is lying. The ballots that might have been screwed up in, this, in New York City were sent to the wrong folks, the wrong ballots. Those cannot be counted, and they will not be counted. Um, but there is simply no voter fraud in the state of New York and in America. It is not widespread, and he knows that. And, and I think this is just an example of trying to scare folks. You know, you've got a lot of local candidates sending out highly negative mail against Monica Wallace and Karen McMahon that are just not true. It's simply not true. Um, and so I, I think Nick uh, should reevaluate uh, over the next few days. And uh, we, we certainly didn't see a whole lot of uh, Republicans coming to the polls uh, this week so far for early voting. He also talked about how the, the results won't be available uh, potentially for weeks or even months, Jeremy, as a result of the avalanche of absentee ballots. Uh, that have to be counted. How do you uh, guard against that? Well, as I said, we we are not in the business of providing instant results, especially here in Erie County. We are here to make sure that every single vote is counted and, and that the results are 100% accurate. That's why we have to wait so long for, for anyone who may have postmarked a ballot on Election Day. Um, they have a good nine days in the mail to get to us. And the post office is saying, that it's taking 10 days for them to move mail. So once they put it in there, uh, it's, it's out of their hands. And once we put our ballots in the mail, it's out of our hands. And so um, we want to make sure that every voice is heard, even someone who doesn't want to be in person, they want to put it in the mail. So we've got to get those in, and we've got to make sure they didn't vote in person. 
and then we'll begin counting those absentees. But there will be some races, both locally and nationally, that you'll be able to call on Election Day when you know the data that's out there of which absentees are yet to be counted. You know, you, you should be able to predict uh, as long as there is, it's not razor-thin uh, winners on election night for certain races. We certainly have a lot of uh, men and women who serve in the armed forces from western New York. How are their ballots counted, and, and how long does it take for uh, for those folks to get a, a, a ballot and then for their vote to come in, depending on what part of the world they're in? How does that all work logistically? It would have to be a, a, a challenge, I would think. Right. And that's why we are required and why we get our military ballots out. That is our first order of business as a, as a Board of Elections. We sent those out um, probably 40 days ago. We get them out, I think, I think we're mandated 45 days before the election uh, so that they get them with plenty of time to get them back to us um, and, and, and back uh, safely and on time. Um, so that, and that's another reason why we want to wait and we've got to wait to make sure that all those folks have their voices heard as well. Jeremy, I want to go back to the fraud thing for just a minute. I, I think what people's concern is, is we've seen attempted fraud. But you've you've talked about the checks and balance here in Erie County. Is that the same procedure across the country? Because I think people's fear is that there has been attempted fraud. Now, obviously, things that we have seen in the news that have been attempts at fraud have been um, have not gone through. Those votes were not counted. I think that's where people's fears comes from. Well, look, I'm concerned about Erie County, Western New York, and New York State, in that order. And we ha- don't have voter fraud here. New York State has the checks and balances to make sure there isn't fraud. And if you look at any study from any reputable group, there is no such thing as widespread voter fraud. And yes, we're always vigilant to try to make sure that there isn't a possibility of it. Um, but you know, it just simply does not happen, and it is not worth the time to continue fear-mongering over it. What we should be focused on is getting anyone and everyone who wants to vote safely to the polls and have their voice heard. And we've done that, especially here in Erie County, with the ability to go to any of the 37 sites, um, with the expanded absentee voting. Um, we've already sent out close to 100,000 ballots to folks who have requested one. And we've already received more than 55,000 ballots back in the mail. I mean, you're talking at an unprecedented amount of voters who have already made their voice heard with yesterday's uh, 15,000 folks and the 55,000 who have already voted absentee. You know, you've got 70,000 people out there who've already cast their ballots. And, And get ready for this PSA. This week, I'm not only early voting, I'm getting my flu shot on the same day. So I'm doing two great deeds in one day. Uh, Jeremy, as head of the Erie County Democrats, um, Nate McMurray running for NY27 the third time. Is there any different approach to that campaign that you guys have taken this time around? You know, we haven't. Nate's been part of our organization all year long. This has been a very, very difficult and strange campaign year. But from the beginning, when we were out, collecting signatures for all of our candidates, including Nate, on multiple party lines during the most terrifying part of this pandemic back in February and March uh, to today, where we're helping with data for absentees and so forth. We're working hard for all of our Democratic candidates. It's just a little different now uh, with how we're doing it. And there is a big energy out there for Nate McMurray. He has got people fired up in rural communities that have not seen Democrats uh, do well 
in a long time. I think he's going to do very well on election night. Um, people are making their voice heard now. You're seeing visibility events out in the community. Uh, I think Nate's going to do very, very well. Jeremy, what did you think of Nate McMurray suing his former employer, Delaware North, uh, as Election Day approaches? Good move or bad move? Or was there something, other, some other strategy at play, perhaps? Well, I, I think the one thing you see from Nate McMurray is nobody owns him. And he, he, he does what is best for uh, the community, and he does what is, what, what is best for uh, himself and what is right for himself. Um, nobody tells him what to do, and, uh, you know, I think that's part of what he did with Delaware North. You know, he's kind of fiercely independent and fiercely tough, and uh, I think that's why a lot of voters in the district like him. You know, I, I wanted to mention to you, uh, sort of off the topics that we've been discussing, uh, there's a ton of mail coming in. It seems like all we get for sure these days are uh, campaign flyers and bills, uh, and I've seen more and more women uh, it seems to me, at least, entering the political fray. You know, I'm getting flyers from Robin Wolfgang, from Karen McMahon, from Jackie Berger. Are you seeing uh, an increase in the number of females getting into political life? We are. You know, we we um, there was a criticism that the uh, Common Council in Buffalo is all male. Um, so we, we saw that they were all returned last year. Um, but we did. We have a new, a couple of new legislators with Lisa Shamara in the county legislature and Gene Vinyl in the Erie County Legislature. We've got April Baskin as our chair who ran for re-election in the Erie County Legislature. And yes, we're running Jackie Berger in the state senate seat up there in Amherst. Karen McMahon and Monica Wallace have done a tremendous job for our community. You know, they're passing bills. They're delivering uh, for Cheektowaga and Lancaster and Amherst. Um, I, I think women are, have started to get involved for a while now, but I, I, you're seeing them not only just run, but be successful in representing our community. And, and Jeremy, before we close, I wanted to ask you um, a question because the country is so divided, and you see it filter down to, it seems, uh, to the state, county, and even uh, the city level on in some cases. Uh, and I can't help but note that Ralph Moore has been the Republican commissioner, I believe, for 27 years. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Yeah. 
Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. And you and Ralph seem to coexist well. What is your secret to maintaining uh, civil discourse and you can discuss things with each other and work side by side. Uh, what, how do you manage that uh, whole relationship in this type of divisive time? Well, Brenda, let me just say something about yesterday. We, I was at the polls for six hours and literally spoke to 500 voters. They were kind. They were on both sides of the aisle. I had to tell people to take their Joe Biden's uh, stickers off and their buttons I had to ask a, an older gentleman to take off his Donald Trump hat when he got to inside. They weren't happy with me, but when they came out, they shook my hand or elbow bumped and thanked me, and they were excited. We saw handicapped people who literally had to be uh, helped into elevators to get up to the Board of Elections. We saw folks that were not able to get to the polls wait in line for hours. And let me tell you, Brenda, they were really excited and positive yesterday i think that's where we're headed that's how we're going to get through all this on both sides ralph moore is is a highly partisan guy but he is the best elections commissioner probably in the state of new york he has incredible institutional knowledge for the time that he has uh been the commissioner and he as i said is highly partisan but we have to function as a board of election in a bipartisan manner and at the end of the day, that's what our job is to do, is to make it happen. That's why we were able to put the most inclusive early voting plan together in the whole state. We had the highest turnout yesterday in the state of New York per capita for early voting. That's higher than Brooklyn. That's higher than the Bronx, New York City. That's incredible that our voters in our county came out and do that. And, and that's in large part because of the board's functionality and the cooperation that we have up there in a bipartisan fashion. Ralph is a tremendous administrator, highly partisan. He and I don't agree on anything politically, but what we do agree on is that every vote's got to count, that our board has to function, and that we have to get the job done for the voters. And we just got a text question in too, Jeremy, before you run. I wanted to uh, make sure that we included this. And the texter said, please ask Jeremy Zellner, why signatures uh, verified when the Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruled signatures don't have to match a ballot cast by mail? Well, I don't know what is happening in Pennsylvania, but if your signature doesn't uh, match our voter rolls, we, are, we contact you to, to verify that if, if, it, if it's blatant. Um, but because there are folks that sometimes signatures are different on their ballots. So we check, uh, we check with people before... Um, we rule on that and make sure that there, there's a reason for it or if it is their correct signature before we do it. We also have a new Cures Act where if there was any issues with someone's absentee, we notify them. Um, if they didn't sign it, if there's any issues with it, we notify them, they come and fix it. And we've had, as I said, 55,000 returned. Less than 200 of them had serious issues that we were able to get fixed by contacting the voters. So those numbers are very small. We feel that our system is working great. Um, and so there we are, Brenda. Jeremy, last question. I, I want you to put your Democrat hat on and tell me 2020 
Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. How do you feel compared to how you felt in 2016 and why? Well, I, I think this is a completely different race, Joe. I think um, although you won't find a bigger Hillary Clinton and Clinton supporter than myself, um, I think that she had a, a lot of different baggage and a lot of issues that she brought with her to the race, most of it completely unfair. Um, and this is a different race. Joe Biden, you know, they've tried everything they can with Joe Biden. They've tried to turn him into a socialist. They've tried to turn him into somebody he isn't. They tried to turn him into an AOC puppet. And nobody's buying that. Nobody's buying that Joe Biden is some kind of uh, uh, socialist uh, infiltrator. I mean, he was painted as a middle-of-the-road person during the Democratic primaries. And so I feel uh, comfortable right now with Joe Biden. It looks like there's a ton of energy for Democrats out there right now. Um, and that's evident in yesterday's votes, and that's evident in what we're seeing with volunteerism to make calls to swing states out there, um, visibility events. We're doing events that are safe. But, I, Joe, I feel pretty good, um, but we don't take anything for granted with nine days to go. Erie County Commissioner and Democratic Chair Jeremy Zellner. Jeremy, really appreciate you taking time out on a Sunday morning to join us. Thanks very much. Absolutely. Take care. You bet. We'll talk again soon, I'm sure. We'll take a break now. We'll get to catch up on news headlines. And back with Don Postles, longtime anchor at WIVB-TV. Welcome back. It's Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer and Brenda Alacy with you until noon. Brenda. And Joe, it is a pleasure to welcome a good friend of mine and a longtime anchor at Channel 4 WIVB-TV. Don Postles. Hey, Don, good morning. Brendan, Joe, good morning to you. Nice to have you on board. And, you know, I wanted to get your perspective, Don, on the, you know, the craziness that has been going on since this COVID pandemic hit. It's a deadly virus, as we all know, and it has changed our lives in ways that not many of us could imagine. And I think about working in the business, whether it's TV or radio. Um, I worked in TV for a number of years, so there are different challenges in working in radio. But I, I have to ask you, did you ever think you'd be broadcasting from home? Or did you ever think you would see people on all of the networks, uh, some from home, some in the studio? What's your take been for the past seven months? Well, it's, I, I don't even have a word to describe it because it's so bizarre. Uh, I did never, I have not broadcast from home. They've had the anchors at Channel 4, both Jackie Walker and me, in the studio, as well as our morning team. Uh, but our producers are working from home. Um, we do have our technicians there. We are social distancing, I'm wearing masks. Um, but it's, uh, it's not like the good old days where you could pick up your phone and call the control room or just look across another cubicle and say, what's this about? Um, but it's amazing that we've been able to put on the newscast as well as we have and during these very difficult times, no doubt about it. Absolutely. And you see uh, your field reporters out with masks and, uh, you know, interviewing people with masks. It's almost it's to this day, Don, after seven months, it still feels surreal to me. Uh, and masks, you know, the, such the interviews are hard to do. They got to use a stick mic so you're not too close. I think right. thank goodness for new technology such as Zoom, where you can do an interview uh, with a person and you don't have to be close to them. You don't have to be there in person. I'm going to interview Dr. Gail Burstein tomorrow, and uh, we're going to do it via Zoom. 
So she won't have to come to the studio and I don't have to go to her office. You know, that's interesting because I was thinking this um, earlier this week. Just think, not that long ago, everyone wants to say, what if this happened in the 70s and the 80s? What if this happened in 2004? I mean, we didn't have Zoom meetings in 2004. We didn't have advanced smartphones in 2004. Just 16 years ago, if this pandemic hit, it, it would have been so much different. We would have been up a creek without a paddle uh, back then, no doubt about it. That is for sure. Don, I wanted to get your perspective on the debates. And I know having been in the, the news game for a long time, uh, you probably remember some of the other debates that, that come to mind. Uh, everything from, say, Nixon-Kennedy to Mondale and Reagan. And now, of course, the, the whole uh, craziness that was the debate, uh, the first debate between Trump and Biden. Had you ever seen anything like that in your career? No. And uh, what a disappointment uh, for various reasons. But everyone had the same um, reaction uh, about the lack of civility. But, you know, you go back to the uh, Lincoln-Douglas debate, 1858. And I know, Brenda, you and I were both there. Um, <laughs> I was a producer. Yeah, right. You know, Lincoln said that... Uh, our nation was a house divided. That was in 1858. And then you look at the Nixon-Kennedy debates, um, which were important, as we learned in journalism school. Why? First televised debates. John F. Kennedy came on with that Navy suit. He wore makeup. Nixon didn't want to wear the makeup. Howard K. Smith, who I worked for at ABC News in Washington in 1973-74, uh, was the moderator. Nixon started perspiring. He started to sweat. He looked ill at ease. Kennedy came across as a much more calm demeanor. Kennedy went on to win the election. We had our Camelot years, and the nation wasn't as divided then because people, even Republicans, got behind Kennedy until his terrible assassination in 63. But if you look at this current debate, well, if you want to go back to the uh, Ronald Reagan-Walter Mondale debate, the great line there was, uh, Reagan, the actor, was able to, he was being criticized for being old. Look at our candidates today, the ages of these two men. And uh, Reagan said he would not take Mondale's youth and lack of experience and use it against him in the campaign. <laughs> and everyone laughed and, and saw the humor in that, including Mondale. So here we are today, and we have what we have. This is our nation. These are the Two leaders that the Democratic and Republican parties have put forth for the American voters. And I think the great thing hearing uh, Jeremy Zellner on earlier in that earlier half hour is that the turnout is so heavy. And that is absolutely wonderful to hear. Just to give you an example, if you were to ask Joe, Brenda, what voter turnout was in the last presidential election, he might be astonished to find out there was like 54 percent. It averages 55, except when Obama ran in 2008, and he had 57% of a voter turnout. Yeah, the numbers are really, they, they really tell a story, Don. There's no question about it. And I, I really appreciate your comments about Nixon and Kennedy, because it, I think it was the first time that we realized how much the media impacted what was going on in politics. If you watch on TV, you saw a vibrant JFK, and you saw a sweaty gray-looking uh, Nixon. Uh, but if you listen on the radio, it sounded like Nixon won the debate. So very interesting the way the media has infiltrated politics from, you know, years, years, and years ago. 
Well, if you listen to it, that's right. Nixon had, in substance, came across with, uh, he was very well-versed in politics and government. And Kennedy was actually a, a, a junior senator from Massachusetts. Right. But uh, you know what? After Kennedy won the election, the nation came together and we had the Camelot years. And I don't think we're going to have any Camelot years with either Biden or Trump. Uh, this nation, I have never seen it so divided. We were out to dinner with some friends, and uh, the wife was hates Trump. I mean, really hates him. And I asked, she's going to vote for Biden, and I said, have you read his platform, what he stands for? I don't care what he stands for. I just want to get rid of Trump. And I'm, well, you know, you, you're pretty well off in our society, and you're going to be paying a lot more in taxes, and they weren't aware of that. And there's a lot of things for both candidates. When I was working for United Press International Audio, uh, which BEM was a subscriber to, uh, with 976 radio stations across the United States. I was working in Washington, D.C., and Sunday mornings we had to come up with sound bites, and I could always call Senator Joe Biden at home, and he'd love to come on, and he always had a, an opinion about any issue of the time back then, before Watergate, and he was great. It was a great interview. Every single Sunday, I would call Joe Biden at home, and he was fantastic to deal with. And I was, it was a two-way street. He wanted to be getting nationwide uh, publicity, getting his name out there, and I needed a, a senator for, uh, as a source for a news story. So it worked two ways, and it was a wonderful time. But these, those are different days than what we have right now. There was no Twitter. We never had a president go on Twitter before. There was no social media. And I don't think we had much fake news back then. And everything was uh, fact-checked for the most part before it went on. I have great questions, and we look at each other in the newsroom. Is this true? Is it factually correct? You have to be careful because there's so much fake news out there. And, and, and not only are we divided, Don, you know, and, and you talk about when both parties came together after an election, but it seems like what's adding to this division is everything you just mentioned is politicized. Social media, even fact checkers. There are so many fact checkers out there. You can find one that said someone said something true when it wasn't at all. You know, you could have five fact checkers and one say everything Biden said was true. One say everything Trump said was true. It, it just seems like the political, politi- I know I'm going to ruin that word. Uh, it, it seems like politicizing everything is adding to the division. Well, absolutely. And, and, and you have these people that are working on the campaigns that just love that the throw in the mud and, and you've got to be able to separate it. For example, uh, uh, they're on tape. Biden is on tape in an interview saying he is going to ban fracking. And so is Kamala Harris. And then at the debate, Biden says he's not going to ban fracking. Well, then he said he was going to do away with the oil industry. I think he made a mistake there. He didn't mean to say that. And Trump pounced on that, saying, did you hear that, Texas? Did you hear that, Pennsylvania? And I don't think that's what he meant to say we're going to get a rid of the oil industry we're not ready to go to all electric vehicles and there's a lot of products that petroleum uh, produces for our country and our world but you know you then you're wondering well what's is he going to ban fracking or is he not is he going to stack the supreme court or is he not what what does he stand for and i think every single voter has to ask themselves what do these candidates stand for 
Will they make the country better? Are we going to be better off in four years than we are today? We probably won't have this pandemic, thank goodness, um, as soon as the vaccine comes out. But these are the questions I think people are asking themselves. But if nothing else, they have sparked voter turnout because everyone has an opinion on Trump and everyone has an opinion on Biden. Don, we're going to take a call uh, from Tonawanda. Juanita is on line one. Welcome. Good morning, Juanita. Well, good morning to all of you. Um, Mr. Postles, my, my uh, wondering was, as of uh, today, um, President Trump's um, chief of staff was on the TV a short while ago, and uh, he was talking about uh, Vice President Pence's uh, members of his staff uh, having the virus. And the only thing that struck me was that he was – very cavalier, very nonchalant about these people being sick, which is horrible to be sick with this virus. But he's saying that um, that uh, Vice President uh, Pen- uh, Pence should still go out, and uh, uh, the commentator was saying uh, he should be home, you know, isolating himself. But he, he, it made me and uh, made myself very uncomfortable to hear that that you know he he's, he was too nonchalant about Pence. Uh, going out and still politicking, and it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. So I, I just wanted to share that with you. Well, thank you, Juanita. I, I can say this. I Before I went to bed last night, I was reading up on that, and Pence tested negative. That's a meaning it doesn't take, what, two, uh, two weeks before it becomes uh, takes over your body. Um, I had the coronavirus back in March, and I am – blessed and fortunate that I didn't need to be taken to the hospital. It was like having the flu. It was three weeks of holy hell, um, saying a prayer, asking the good Lord if I would ever feel normal again. Um, but I didn't have it as bad as some people, and it definitely wasn't obviously fatal. And it's it's a scary thing when people that are living in fear of the pandemic, people, uh, my brother's uh, over 75, and he's concerned about it. They don't, he and his wife don't go out. But I would hope that people are wearing masks. I would hope that Pence is smart enough to do what he would want the American people to do uh, and not be in crowds if you've been exposed because they're supposed to be doing contact tracing. And I don't know what it stands. I'm sure it's going on. I would imagine. I would assume. I hope it's going on. But I, I'm not I don't have enough information to comment whether or not Pence should be on the campaign trail. Yeah, it just, it, it just seemed uh, when you do see Pence, he's, he seems very um, uh, nonchalant. You know, he gets off the plane and, and you know he's around many, many people who do have masks on, and he looks like he doesn't think he needs to wear one, which is very aggravating. You know, and and the bad part is, uh, Mr. Postal, between family members, there's a lot of strife regarding the virus. Some members of the family feel, well, it's okay to just, you know, wear a mask only when you have to go into a supermarket or some type of business. And it's just um, extremely stressful with with the other members of the family who don't totally look at it that way, you know. But I, I appreciate you taking my call. Well, Juanita, I know, I know exactly what you're saying because I'm experiencing it with my own family. Yeah, you know, there's uh, no question that it, we talk about political divisiveness, uh, Don, but you see it in, uh, you know, nuclear families, too, because of the strong feelings people have one way or the other. But I, I wanted to ask you your opinion, too, Don. I um, The night of the debate, I posted that those are the nights that I miss Tim Russert, because I always thought that he was pretty balanced in his analysis. 
you couldn't really tell which way he personally was feeling. And I just thought he was a hell of a journalist. Uh, do you miss a guy like Tim Russert on the national scene? I do on many, many levels because I knew Tim when he was with Moynihan. I knew him when he was with Cuomo. I was in San Francisco at the Democratic National Convention 1984 when Mario Cuomo gave what I consider one of the best speeches at any political convention in a long time, and Russert helped write that speech. And I would talk to Tim about a lot of different things, even when he was uh, at NBC News. You know, another good commentator, though, was David Brinkley and Walter Cronkite. And they were they were excellent at putting this stuff in perspective. Um, we don't have that today. I, I don't know why you, know, you, you would ask, say, someone, a colleague in a newsroom, well, who do you think won that debate? Well, you turn on CNN when I came home after doing the news that night, and, of course, Biden won the debate. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. And all these commentators were putting their spin on it. And you could see what they were saying. And then you turn on Fox News and they had Trump winning the debate. And I'm like, wow. And it wasn't like that in the old days. You know, Lincoln Douglas, go back to 1858, Douglas won those debates, but Lincoln won the election. And there are some who said, like you said, Brendan, Nixon sounded like he knew more what he was talking about in the 1960 debate with Kennedy. And Kennedy went on. But look how close the election was that year. Was it like 51% that Kennedy barely won the presidency and we had the Camelot years? And this is going to be, I don't, we're not going to know who our next president is on election night. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's the one thing everybody seems to agree on. Well, Don, our time is up, but uh, you will be on tonight on the news, right? Following uh, the Bills game and then the CBS interview with Donald Trump and Leslie Stahl. You and Jackie are anchoring today? We are going in today because uh, we expect a great uh, viewership on the 60 Minutes show tonight, and we're going to do follow-ups on that, and uh, we're going to be there. All right. I have to say one thing. There was one post-debate show where there was no clear winner, just the people's voice, and that was right here on WBEN. Well, Joe, you're the man. (laughs) Thank you, Don. (laughs) All right. Don, thanks a million for joining us this morning. We really appreciate it. Brenda, I appreciate all the homework you do. You're very well-versed on all your topics. Keep up the great job. Thank you so much, Don. Well, Joe, it looks like we're uh, ready for a break again, but in the 11 o'clock hour, we have Ted Lina coming in. Uh, Ted is the debate uh, moderator at St. Joe's Collegiate Institute. And uh, later, uh, our friend Dave Leventhal from Business Insider joins us. Your calls and texts are welcome. Right here on Hardline on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.